Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you are involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today we're going to be talking about an item that most of us take for granted, and that's toilets. My guest today is an expert on the problem that many people in the world are having in having sufficient toilet uh, capacities. Our guest today is Dr. Jack Sim. Dr. Jack Sim is the founder of the World Toilet Organization. Formerly from the construction industry, Dr. Sim decided to devote the rest of his life to social work after attaining financial independence at the age of 40. Dr. Jack Sim, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate you being with me. You're in Singapore, I'm in the United States, but I think our connection is very good. I really appreciate you being with me today. As I mentioned in the opening, this is a topic really a lot of people don't even want to talk about, or they just assume automatically that everybody in the world has a toilet, but that is not the case. But we're going to get into that in a minute. But what is the World Toilet Organization, WTO? The World Toilet Organization is... The WTO, the other, not the World Trade Organization, but the one that is more prominent and important because we go to the toilet six to eight times a day and we find ourselves embarrassed to talk about it. So the World Toilet Organization realized that when we first started in 2001, 40% of the world population still do not have access to a toilet. And this is because we don't talk about it. So whatever we don't talk about, we cannot improve. So I took this subject and make it palatable, make it humorous, just like the background picture that you see, Mr. Toilet. And the media love it. And then it went, wow, like viral around the world. 13 years later, our founding day, 19th of November, became adopted by all 193 countries of the UN General Assembly as the official UN World Toilet Day. So we made toilet legitimate. Exactly. That's very, very true. And it, this is a major problem. You mentioned about 40% of the world didn't have access to toilet. And there's open defecation in many parts of the world. There are other parts where they're, they're insufficient, or let's just say less than optimal toilets like outhouses or even straight line pipes that run from a bathroom right into a river or to a stream or to a, a lake or whatever it may be. But right now, do we, we estimate of the 8 billion people on the planet, about 3 billion do not have sufficient toilet uh, capacity. Is that correct? Uh, about 2 billion mm -hmm. don't have a toilet and about half of all the sewage are not treated. 
So they go into the river and pollute the drinking water and people get diarrhea and 2 million people die of diarrhea per year because of uh, contaminated water. This, this is a very serious problem. And of course, it's one we're going to be talking about. Now, our viewers can go to your website at worldtoilet.org to get more information on this topic and many others. But uh, let's just focus a bit on the, the 193 countries around the world. How many of them, I'm not sure, well, let's say, who are your partners? Let's go like that. And then of the 193 countries, are there certain areas that are more susceptible to not having sufficient toilet capacity? So toilet problems are of various kinds. Uh, one type is that until today, 25% of the world, 8 billion people still do not have a toilet. Then they go for open defecation in the bush, along the railway track, on the roadside, and in the darkness of morning, before dawn, and after sunset. Uh, this is one kind of problem, not having toilet. The other type of problem is having insufficient toilet or dirty toilet. Like in America, there's the, it's not so easy to find a public toilet when you're out there, and also a clean one. So developed country has a different set of problems as developing countries. Certainly do, yes. Now, the World Toilet Organization, what types of assistance do you provide? Do you provide training? Do you have seminars? Do you have regional representatives who work with the health departments in the various areas of the world? Exactly what types of services do you have? So basically we do three things. One is we do very big advocacy. We are the voice of the toilet and sanitation. And we educate the world to want to have a toilet and want to have better hygiene condition, especially, you know, we just came out from a COVID crisis, which is fundamentally a hygiene crisis. And, and people have to wash their hands in order to prevent themselves from getting diseases, even in peacetime. Another is when we drive the demand by this heavy advocacy, the politician then take it into an election agenda and a lot of politicians in developing countries like India, Africa, Brazil, and in the ASEAN country actually won election by promising people to build toilet and actually build the toilet. So policy influence by advocacy became the biggest impact over the last 22 years of our existence two and a half billion people have access to toilets. The other one is we do training. We do world toilet colleges and we have six of them in India and we train professional toilet cleaners and then we place them into jobs. So far, we have trained and placed 75,000 professional toilet cleaners. Wonderful, that's very good, that's excellent. When you were talking about the open defecation and, and 
really very poor toilet facilities. I, I lived in the Caribbean and in South America for three years, uh, many years ago, and I saw a lot of this. And I'm sure the situation is better today, but it was horrible back then. And, and it's one that we need to focus on now. Well, let's, I mentioned a minute ago about your partners. Let's talk about some of your other partners. I know one person, uh, an entrepreneur who's been very interested in it. In fact, he put up uh, several million dollars years ago to develop a clean, sustainable toilet, and that was Bill Gates. I know a Rotary, the Rotary International Clubs have been interested in clean water projects. Have you interacted with Rotary or with uh, Bill Gates on this on this particular issue? Yes, uh, Bill Gates actually started what is called reinventing the toilet. Uh, which is now rebranded as Reinvented Toilet. Uh, he focused on technology, new technology of toilets, treatment, sanitation, and he promotes that we should not just have a toilet, but also have sewage treatment. Even if it was not a big system, a very simple treatment will be good. Then he set up ISO standard for all this treatment system so that off-grid non-sewered system are also in ISO standards. So that is uh, Bill Gates did a good job on that. And of course, when Bill Gates come into anything, people pay attention. So that was very good. The other one is the Prime Minister Modi. He builds 110 million toilets in India. This is big revolution. It is the biggest toilet construction project in the history of mankind. And then in Brazil, we persuaded the Brazilian government to pass a private partnership law to allow uh, investment into their government water treatment plant. And in the last three years, we attracted 10 billion US dollar investment buying shares into the government sewage treatment plant. So there's quite a lot of progress going on in the world now. That's, that is very good. Now, are you a 501c3 organization? Can people donate to you on your website? Uh, we are not a registered 501c3, but they can always uh, donate to us through Give to Asia. And uh, that is a 501c3 registered in America and they can give money to us because we have an account through Give to Asia. Okay, is that give or gift? Give, uh, G-I-V-E. Give to Asia.org. Yeah. Okay, all right, that's good to know. That's it's very good to know. Uh, as also, as you were talking, again, many, many thoughts crossed my mind, obviously, having lived in developing countries for years. And, but I also thought back to about, I guess, 10 years ago now, I had a guest on from the United Nations, I believe Children's Fund, UNICEF, and he was with the WASH program, Sanjay Wijisikera, and, and folks can go to our website at globalconnectionstelevision.com to see it. But are you involved with UNICEF on any projects or any other UN agencies? Yes, UNICEF, UNEP, UN Development Program, uh, Environmental Program, all are under a banner, a group called UN Water. And we work with all of them. In fact, just uh, 
recently we have a UN water conference in New York where uh, I think almost uh, 10,000 people came to this big meeting and we reunite all our old friends to cooperate on this subject. But a lot of the time, they call the sanitation agenda a water agenda. And then people forgot that it actually means water and sanitation. So I have to keep on putting this on the uh, visibility because we are a brown issue and water is a blue issue and climate change is a green issue and people prefer gentrified charismatic agenda like water and climate change and then the very few people are supporting toilets and brown issue like ours it it is it's a branding issue there's no doubt about it it is certainly a branding issue well you're watching global connections television which is a privately funded independently produced program the opinions expressed on global connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest we'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an, an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you just have a podcast, or you just have a computer, and you like our shows and you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're taking a look at a rather delicate subject for some people, and but a vital subject for all 8 billion people on the planet, and that is toilets. And my guest is an expert on this topic. Dr. Jack Sim is the founder of the World Toilet Organization. Dr. Sim, we were talking about what can be done and how people can be motivated and that type of thing. One area that, of motivation that's underway are the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And of course, they're very critical to help empower women, eliminate poverty, to eliminate hunger, to combat climate change, and those types of things. Is, is this toilet issue rolled in? Is there one particular sustainable development goal of the 17 that's more applicable to what you're dealing with? Yes, in fact, of all the 17 sustainable development goals of the United Nations, sanitation is linked with water, is linked with education, is linked with health, it's also linked with environmental pollution, it is linked with livelihood and gender equality because when women don't have a toilet, they go out and defecate in the open and they get molested, they get raped and sometimes the rapists just murder them because they recognize the rapists. And this is happening in India, in Africa very often. And when girls are menstruating and they go to school and there's no toilet, they cannot go because they have to change sanitary pad in front of boys. So when they drop out of school, then they uh, cannot learn and their future livelihood earning income is low. So 
not having toilets is such a disaster. And we want to tell everybody about it. It certainly is. And it's certainly something that most people who live in, well, I would say 90% or more of people in developed countries just take for granted. It's just like electricity. It's like running water. It's just something we assume is, is there, will be there, is, maybe has always been there, which is not the case because that obviously was not the situation in many developed countries 50, 60, 70 years ago. Well, you're involved in a wide range of other activities too. And one is, uh, as I understand it, it's a 65,000 square foot World Trade Center. Uh, what exactly is that? And what is the purpose of it? What are you doing with it? So when I first started the World Toilet Organization, I was a businessman. And then I earned enough money to be financially independent. And I decided not to make any more money. So I retired and I've been working for 26 years free of charge. Yeah. And then I realized that if you want to get people out of poverty, we should teach them how to fish rather than give them a fish. So there are all the solutions by social entrepreneurs in the world who teach people how to start their own business, very small local business, but enough to get them out of poverty. And I thought if there are about 5,000 solutions, why don't we collect them all and replicate them into hundreds of new locations solution so that everybody can learn from one another. So I spent $10 million of my own pocket money to build a World Trade Center for the poor and I call it the SDG Center. So this is the last money I have. Uh, I, I don't have any more. And I hope that uh, we can try to uh, create this new approach whereby charity help people help themselves rather than just help them one time and then they come back again. You see, if we drink a cup of Starbucks coffee, it costs us five or six dollars. But inside, the coffee bean costs five cents. And the labor to plant and grow that coffee is like half a cent. So the world distribution of wealth is really bad. The farmers who produce us the coffee gets near to nothing, like $2 salary a day. And we uh, get, the, the, the market gets the rest of the uh, distribution of wealth. So I think that if every poor person can value add on his primary production or services, they can get to earn about six to $8 a day and then that is they get out of poverty. Earning two to three dollars a day is not enough for them to send their children to school, get clean water, get electricity, get toilet, and buy a, a house. This is impossible. Yes, it certainly isn't. You can't do it for that. So at the SDG World Trade Center in Singapore, so is this a place where poor people actually? They convene there, they come for training, they learn how to become entrepreneurs, they learn about the toilet issues, they, uh, well, and sustainable agriculture, and just a variety of other 
items that impact their lives and could help them, could lift them out of poverty? So in Singapore, there's no real poverty. It's one of the richest. Right. <laughs> it's a very, very affluent area. Yes, it is. But we actually came from poverty. When I was a child, I, I was born 1957. So our country was uh, the same GDP as Kenya, 500 US dollar per capita. And in 25 years, we became a first world country. And today we are richer per capita than USA or Switzerland or Germany or Japan. So I thought, wow, if our government knows how to get people out of poverty, then we should replicate this same public policy solution everywhere. And indeed, Rwanda copied Singapore model and called themselves the Singapore of Africa and became the fastest growing country in Africa today. And China copied the same idea and got 700 million people out of poverty in the last 30 years. So the solution is give uh, teach a man to fish, how to train them to help themselves, entrepreneurship, hard work, do business, and invest in them in training and in business model and let them take ownership of their own life. It certainly is. That is the way to do it. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Well, you've been involved in so many humanitarian activities and so many outstanding programs and projects to help people. And of course, you've made the selfless do donation of your own money, uh, giving it away to help people to improve their lives. Uh, what I'm sure you have so many memorable stories, but is there one memorable event that they'll all be with you forever, I know, but is the one that really stands out of somebody that you've been able to help or somebody whose life has been impacted positively by what you've done or what you will do? But basically, it's like that. I, I, I saw that the world has very large problems and we have to go solve the problems that nobody wants to fund. Uh, the other things like climate change and water and HIV, and there's a lot of uh, uh, agenda that people want to fund. So I have to go and do the one that nobody wants to fund uh, because I realized that when I was 40 years old, that people roughly die around 80. So I start to set a countdown on my handphone to the day of my 80th birthday, which I call the expiry date of my life. And I have 14,600 days when I first started counting, which is not many days. Today, I'm 66 and I count down to 5,000 and like 60 days left. So every day is one day shorter. So life is so precious. We're spending the real currency of life called time. So I don't really think about money, fame, recognition, status, power. They are all useless because we are going to die. So I try my best 
to use this time to give service. I think service is the highest return on our investment. So the people that I may have helped, I probably have not met them also. Because if you want to help a person, you can see the person. But if you want to help a billion people, then you have to go to system change, policy influence, and all the work is done by other people as a movement. You are absolutely right. Time and service are absolutely critical to every person. And we all, I think, have a responsibility to be of service to our family, to our communities, to our states, regions, countries, to the world to help improve it and to make it a better place. And no matter how rich or how poor we are, we can all provide a service. And as you mentioned, we only have so much time and how we spend that time is going to determine how effective we will be in many cases. Well, let me ask you in closing, what, what would you recommend to our viewers today? And again, this program goes worldwide. What would you recommend to our viewers to help them better understand this issue of toilets, of open defecation, and why it is so important that we focus on it and not assume that everybody is a rich country, everybody has a bathroom, everybody has a toilet, and that there are people who are really struggling with this issue. And many people, everyone should have one, but they don't. But what is your final message? I would like to call on everybody to take action. And if you can, please volunteer with us. We rely on the effort of volunteers. If you can donate money, that is good. But if you can donate your time and volunteer with us, whatever talent you have will be useful. You can help us with social media. You can help us with uh, technology. You can help us with World Toilet College training, organizing the World Toilet Summit each year. In fact, I should come and have World Toilet Summit in America and promote this agenda. So please join us. This World Toilet Organization movement is very in need of your help. And if you can volunteer your time, that is the most precious thing you can give because time is the precious currency of life. Well, Dr. Jackson, that summed it up very nicely. And again, congratulations on the wonderful job that you're doing and what the World Toilet Organization is doing. But I wanna thank you so very much for a very excellent and informative program. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity to tell everybody this story. My pleasure, thank you. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.